waste any time, do you? I do not. <laughs> That's the right straight up eight o'clock, man. Yeah, well, welcome. Yeah, how are you? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm good. You know, it's a it's a little um the air is a little thick these days around here. But yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Where are you exactly, Eric? I'm I'm in San Francisco. So uh, it's Did Captain Beefheart really nickname you Black Jew what is that? Black Jew uh, a kid? Yeah, Black Jew Kidaboo. But uh <laughs> I mean I'll tell you the the truth about well Black Jew and and trust me, it was supposed to be a high compliment. I, yeah. I didn't mind. Yeah. But you know, he was you you know, I think in a lot of ways, uh, you know, I, I'm not just in his life. I don't think that he had that many uh, Jewish friends. No. Oh. <laughs> well, he might have had one that sort of uh, not a friend that sort of, I guess, uh, what was his name? Herb Cohen Zappas that put the. Oh, yeah. But they, I wouldn't call them. They no. Like hang out. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he. He squashed that record, which, uh, yeah. Yeah. Morris Pepper. Yes. Buddy. Uh, anyway, you know, he of the truck. And uh, both of us culturally, by the way, because neither of us is smart enough to uh, go to Temple or anything. But, yeah, uh, no, 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 that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so all of a sudden he had these two, um, you know, simultaneously band and I think he just really found us somehow just our snideness or Ah. you know liked him so much he really liked us that's good (laughs) you know him saying you know A the Jew part was just wow you're Jewish that's that's so cool and the (laughs) exotic you guys are exotic to him (laughs) exactly and the black part was just because felt like I understood uh, a blackness in the music that he right uh, right right. Why <laughs> yeah. I became black Jew, and uh, you know it was a little what would you call it? Uh, probably a little racy for the times, but right. luckily <laughs> that famous and it didn't really. The worst I heard it was uh, we were playing a show in Paris. You know, so this would have either with me it would have been between. 77 and 80. Anyway, he, he, uh, we're up there, you know, and he's introducing each guy. And, when I, and then I went up and I sometimes played this a bass solo to yeah. start the show. Yeah. And everybody yelling something, and I couldn't quite get it. And somebody, I think it was Jan, thought, they were yelling juif or whatever <laughs> and so all, all of a sudden it sounded more like like jesus it's like what it felt like you know like um, is this awesome yeah right like yeah. A, a cabaret like a scene from a cabaret <laughs> <laughs> yeah they weren't saying yuden as long as they weren't saying yuden yeah i think we thought it was drew no, oh Drew. right! Oh, oh okay. Right. Well, like Lou Reed, he would come out and they'd say Lou, and it would sound like they're booing, yeah, yeah or saying Jew or whatever. <laughs> let's say, yeah. let's assume they were saying Drew. Let's give them the benefit so of the doubt. So Rob and I discussed the fact that you played with some of uh, the, well, a couple of at least some of the more um, har- notorious characters to deal with in 
rock music, um, having played with Don Van Vliet, of course, Captain Beefheart. David Thomas. David uh, Thomas. Yeah, and uh, Frank Good, too, but different sport. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those are your years, yeah. You don't want to talk about those those years. (laughs) Yeah, so... We should just, let's just get started. Some of this. Oh yeah, we have to I'll, get this. Barry in. tapes everything, so just so you know, don't <laughs> even your <laughs> dog may get it on. It may get on the episode. Sure, Barry of course. Tapes everything. Um, right now she's being she wants to go out. I should have got her out in the last hour, but oh uh, well, I tell just, her she's just gonna have we, to hang we on. Wait for the break. We got a break. <laughs> yeah, we'll in take a, few a break. Yeah. for her. Um, all right, so let's get it. We'll get into it. We'll talk a little, and yeah, you know, we're all however uh, it goes. It goes. We're all uh, adults. We're all <laughs> professionals. Uh, or right. adults. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's probably a professional. Exactly. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. And Barry, here we are again. How many six months in, in of episodes in quarantine? In quarantine, but we're doing it. We're doing it. We haven't lo- we haven't skipped a week. No. Uh, through great personal sacrifice, uh, we we trudge on like the uh, post office and like whatever else. We we just keep going. Essential workers. I don't think we qualify for that. Yeah, so. we are. We're essential podcasters. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. Before anything else, we have to announce we have a newest patron, uh, Mr. Jack McGregor. So welcome. Thank uh, you, Jack. Much to appreciated. The got me high family. Jack McGregor, you too could become a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show like Jack. For as little as a dollar a month. There you go. All right, Barry, uh, I don't I don't even want, I don't want to talk anymore. I want to get right into our That's guest because right. we have a very special guest tonight. We do. Who is our guest tonight, Barry? Um, we have uh, Mr. Eric Drew Feldman uh, on the show. Welcome, Eric. Hi there. Hey, all the way from the West Coast. San Francisco. From San Francisco. He's... Where you can smoke without wanting to. Yeah. <laughs> Your windows are closed right now, I'm assuming. You got the windows sealed up tight. Do you have, okay. an, yeah, do you have an air conditioner? Well, not, you know, San Francisco, the house is... They have a natural air conditioning. Sure. Yes. Changing due to the, uh, you know, not that there's any global warming or anything. No. no. I'll start crazy rumors, Eric. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> but it is becoming warmer, and this is kind of the warm time of the year over here. But mostly, yeah, no, you just, air conditioning is opening the windows. Yeah. So. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> we just, yeah. Um, well, we should say that... Um, Eric has a storied career. He does. Um, I first saw you uh, would have been on Saturday Night Live with uh, Captain Beefheart in 1980. Um, and it was, you know, I think shocking. That was the season that they did a lot of really, they had, I think Ornette Coleman was on that season as well. And um, for it was fantastic. It was like nothing that, I think most of America had ever seen before. And there you were, right in the midst of it. Well, you know, a lot of that had to do with um, Al Wilner, resting. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him, actually, about a year ago. So, And I hadn't seen him in a very long time. Yeah. But good to see people when you can, because who knows? Right now, yeah. yeah. Especially now, for sure. Uh, yeah, and you all you played with a bunch. You played with the uh, Residents, uh, Perubu, the Pixies, Frank Black, PJ Harvey. I saw also Fear. How did you end up on a <laughs> yeah, Fear record? That that sort of jumped out at me. Yeah, though the 
the uh, drummer in that band, whose name is Tim Leach and went by the name of Spit Sticks, uh, at some point in L.A. in the late 70s, we just uh, became, uh, you know, you know, housemates in a flat. And, uh, you know, we got along. His brother was actually a friend of mine. And uh, so anyway, and it, as things come to be and everybody's always scrambling, Fear was getting going. And uh, they ended up actually sharing a rehearsal space with Captain Beefheart. Oh, man. Ah. Talk about it. What a blend of personalities that must have been. <laughs> well, we really ran into each other, okay. you know. Right. But that was okay. But in fact, I was, um, I became quite a fear fan just because they, I mean, it's it's pretty hard political satire sometimes. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. But they played so damn good. Oh, True. yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Oh, that, that first fear album is just like, uh, I love it. And it's they so have great. a notorious SNL appearance as well. Banned, right? Because they... The, the fans from L.A. They wrecked the place. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a little asterisk on this. That's what I thought you were going to go for. But after all these years, well, at one point, actually, after I moved to uh, San Francisco uh, in, in 1981, uh, they and I pretty quickly started uh Playing and recording with a fellow named Snakefinger. Oh yeah! Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, Fear original bass player uh, quit, and you know they were trying to figure it out, and they had a tour coming up. Yeah. And uh, I said, um, you know, they they asked me if if you know they said, well, anyway, the, the way they asked it is. Uh, would you be interested in joining Fear? <laughs> How can you no, say th- no to that? <laughs> I something more or less on the lines of I think my thighs are too wide to be. In. Yeah, different, different. What do you say about different, different uh, story, different playground, something like that? Yeah, but I said, but I love you, and I said uh, if I could play in you know if you ever had you know but i'm, I'm totally willing you know that we were gonna i said if you had a tour or anything and i and they said well we actually do have one coming up fairly soon so i said i'm in you know and i came down back down to la and we had a rehearsal or two and it was okay and then i come to rehearsal the next time and Eh, you know they're asking a, they're acting a little sheepish oh mm. uh, <laughs> yeah yeah really want to be in the band and I said oh that's okay you know no, no worries uh, I mean I admit I was looking forward to it but you know yeah. it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it would have been an experience well yeah get, yeah yeah getting in the van with that kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, and who they found was Flea. Oh, what do you know? Ah, okay. So he, I could see him fitting in yeah, better I, than the new uh, Eric Drew. No, a no, little, no a offense, bit, yeah. but uh, yeah. But I think the irony of all that was uh, they said, but but 
you know, uh, we want you to play. We're going to go record a single. So we want you to play on that. Okay. Oh, okay. So actually, I was in the band for like a week. And I got on a record with them. And Flea was in it for a couple of years. And he never recorded with them. Ah, uh, look at I that. I think you came out on top in that situation. <laughs> you did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that, that's crazy though. That's uh, that's that's pretty awesome though. Um, yeah. Actually, I was uh, one thing because we may not get around to Snake Finger again was that um, a friend of mine, uh, a good friend of mine, was um, at the last Snake Finger show. I guess it was in was it was Vienna or in the last show we played was in a, a, a festival in some part of Italy, and it's the town's called Barry. Oh, okay. P A R I, I think it's probably pronounced more exotically. But that's okay. He, but he, he, he was over there, and he called me, and he was like, "Man, I saw this Snake Finger show, and it was incredible." And then the next day, he died, <laughs> and he was freaked out by it. I'm sure you guys were too. That must not. That's not a. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Find a dead band member well so, yeah and, especially the the one that's the 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 the, the, the uh, you're playing under his name so yeah that's gonna be uh, all, uh, could bring things to a sort of yeah swift I, conclusion sudden hollow and uh, <laughs> yeah he uh, I'm trying to remember that well we don't have to go that that's no no I just just remember that Billy Taylor had uh, not the jazz Pianist, my friend Billy Taylor, had contacted okay. me. Said, you know, basically that's what happened, and he was he was a little bit freaked out by it. And I'm sure you guys were too. But that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we're not. Now we're you're at the all these all these uh, all these people you've played with, uh, Eric, uh, have has brought you to the pinnacle of being on the <laughs> that record got me I podcast. So, what is the record that you brought to talk about? What are we talking about tonight? I just want to give you one asterisk before we. Can- <laughs> that's ahead. fine. Do it. To all of this is when talking about fear so much was it was almost exactly a year ago. Once again, I got a uh, call completely out of the blue uh, from the drummer Spit, and they've been playing again, and they're still good. They're just a little creakier, right? Sure, and yeah, uh, yeah and uh, as we all are, yeah, and. Uh, they just said that the bass player they use now, I don't know, he hurt his leg, and they were going to do this gig they just couldn't turn down. Oh, my God, and they called you? <laughs> Are you yes. serious? That is hysterical. Yeah. Was, there an actual, was there an actual Rolodex involved? You have to wonder. <laughs> I don't know how I, how I became it. But yeah, it's because you're, I, the, you're the backup bass player for fear <laughs> forever. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen again. But, uh, <laughs> and it's not, I don't think it's Brighton, but some beach town has this big punk festival. Oh, a Blackpool or something? Or uh, what, yeah, they, they have a, a lot of those there. Now. <laughs> and uh, they were playing at that. They were a headline one. Night, oh, nice. You know? And so it was like, would you come and play there? It's like, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I did. And you know what? It's really hard to play that music. Yeah. <laughs> but pretty exciting. I mean, yeah, I that's felt, cool. felt like we played pretty crappy, actually. But 
I take credit for some of that. Mm-hmm. But it was just, you know, one of those things we run on stage and play, and I couldn't hear shit. Uh, but, uh, right. you know, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Do you play, let me, just curiously, when you're playing bass like with them, do you use a pick or are you, are you playing with your oh, fingers? I have to. Right, yeah, then, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to use a pick, right? Yeah. It was um, Mr. Ving insists. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Ah, right. <laughs> okay. So there's not a there's no question actual question. <laughs> Play down strokes for maybe the length of one three minute song. Oh no. It's really it's oh, does he insist on downstrokes only too? Does he watch while you're playing? <laughs> well, coming up to me and shouting in my ear, downstrokes. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Ramones. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, so it was a plane ticket and one gig. I mean, you you know, you get you get what you get, right? Yeah, no, that's cool though. That's yeah. uh, that's pretty. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a pretty crazy asterisk. And I think it was okay, but you know, the, the minute the gig was over and I left, I mean, <laughs> all right. So we didn't even mention we got uh, what is the record that we're talking about? What did you bring? Oh yes, that's what you tried to do. And I, <laughs> I did quickly. No problem. Uh, yes, it's an album called or spelled o-a-r by alexander skip spence and uh, and he's you know he has a a storied and somewhat you know sad story to his career yes. oh, yeah for sure but, but you know i choose not to look at it that way yeah and you know, he wrote some really good songs. He was in a band. Well, he actually was the drummer, and he didn't play drums at that point on the first uh, Jefferson Airplane uh, record, right? Yeah, yeah which is Airplane. crazy. He was the he, he's the drummer yeah. on the first uh, yeah. Jefferson yeah. Airplane record. Yeah. yeah, and then and then he, uh, you know, started uh, Moby Grape with this right. pro- producer in San Francisco, and they. Uh, Anyway, and, you know, they were, I was just happened to randomly, you know, I was at the perfect age, and I bought the Moby Grape albums because of their their records. Oh, I mean, because, okay. of, the rec- because yeah. of the record cover. I was going to ask and, you, if you, so you actually were a Moby Grape fan back in the day. That's, that's interesting. I was wondering about that. Yeah, and, but I was, I was kind of a Moby Grape fan, and. You know, I noticed Skip's names on the songwriting, and he seemed to write the better songs. Yeah. But you know, I didn't, I didn't know them enough to go, oh, this is Skip's voice, and this is their voice. Right. Because right. there are a lot of singing going on simultaneously with Moby Grape, a lot of harmonizing and so forth. But anyway, I was lucky enough to see them live a couple of times way back then with with uh, Skip. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah played in LA and uh, I think there was somebody else that was actually headlining but I, I came to see it because because I could and yeah. uh, but then you know I was intrigued by the fact that you know the buzz on the street in my neighborhood of friends was wow Skip's got his own album coming out and that's you know really all we knew about it. And we bought it, and oh, so you uh, wait, you got the record. This record came out in 1969. You got this record when it first came out. I'm a little older than you guys. All right, all right. yeah, I know a little bit. About you nine, are, but nine still, years but older. you had to be pretty young. You were uh, you were a teenager, uh, right? Early, like, yeah, 
69, I was 14. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. That's really, that's crazy. Cause I thought for sure you were going to tell me that you got it because a lot, of, obviously a lot of people aren't going to know about this at all, but the people nah. that do will know it from the reissue. Like later on they yeah, did, sure. uh, they yeah. did reissue it, a CD and then they had a, a tribute album, a tribute album. Right. But you, wow. So you got this. You're in the OG, crazy. OG, yeah, you're an OG yeah. Skip Spence fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I have, uh, you know, I have a couple of the original records, which are apparently hard to come by these days. Yes. But uh, I, I haven't actually seen them lately, so I probably lent them to somebody. Mm. Oh, no. Like you got to get, get those back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better get them insured. Well, we anyway, should. Yeah. Uh, and so the story of Orr is Skip was um, institutionalized for I don't know for how long. But for a period of time, uh, right? Six months, for I, about, I saw in there, like for six about months? six months. Yeah. yeah, that's a long time. I mean, that's yeah. half a year. Think about you know. Well, it's a long enough time to write a record if you're Skip Spence, because <laughs> he because well, they say he suppo- supposedly wrote he wrote all the songs while he was institutionalized. Right, uh, Bellevue and... in uh, Bellevue in Manhattan, uh, the psych ward in Bellevue. Yep, that was it. Yeah, he had and... um, he had been. You know, this I read the basically everything that you know you get from the, the Wikipedia entry was he had the band had gone to New York. They were forced to record in New York because one of the producers wanted to be near his family and didn't want to be in L.A. And uh, Skip got involved with some uh, New York people who were, um, you know, doing druggies. Druggies. <laughs> Yeah, not like not like there wasn't druggies in L.A. Right. or druggies yeah. in San Francisco. A different, uh, but he got involved a, with the uh, a different flavor of druggies in New York. Leather jacket at that time. Yeah, yeah. and so, maybe and you know and who knows? I, I don't know if perhaps he had a predisposition towards um, mental illness. Anyway, yeah. I mean, who who knows? And you know, I, I try to even the story. I'm sure it's completely factual that he had a complete mental breakdown which put him in to Bellevue and came out of it and you know according to some people that were around him said that he was definitely changed and not for the better but he right. had enough in him to go record this record immediate immediate literally immediately. yeah like yeah and he went down and did it in I, th- I think I read somewhere seven days or right. nine days, yeah. and, and, and he is the he and is it's the him, all, him playing everything, everything and on it and singing on it, and it's crazy too because I swear coming at this from something Barry I know had knew, known about this record and heard it before I never heard it listening to it it sounds like there could be three different singers on it because he definitely has a couple of different oh, yeah, uh, personality sure. uh, voices singing yeah on sure it. Now, oh yeah yeah I mean there's there's another one of his sort of. You know, arguably the best song that he did pre or was uh, a song uh, that ended up on a. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the album. I think it was called Movie Grip 69. Yeah. But it's a song called Seeing. Okay. And in case anybody cares, if you go find that, because he's got two completely different voices in that song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, a talented dude, obviously a real talented. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, insanely talented. Yeah. And uh, at first, I always thought, oh, he's saying the one part that obviously sounds like Skip to me, and somebody else sang right. <laughs> yeah, because they had like everybody in that band wrote songs and sang, 
and you know right uh, so so anyway so it went on and yeah when you listen to the the or yeah there's a variety of stuff and it's just I you know you said you know the reason I was intrigued is you know, said what's a record that uh when you listen to it, like, how, what is it? They get you high? Gets you high. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, so you, that record gets me high every time. It does know. still. But let me ask you, as a kid, like as a 14-year-old when you first got it, did you appreciate right away? Like, could you tell, oh, this guy's obviously going through shit and this is like, because it is very harrowing. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you're kind of colored. Like when you listen to like a Sid Barrett or a Daniel Johnston, it's like they're their their problems their mental issues sort of become all part of them and True. the story you know yeah so it kind of once colors, you know the story it kind of you changes. can't separate it yeah but well, not, not not at all did i know it you didn't you right. know okay I, I had no idea i listened to this record and i liked it and back then you know i didn't really understand how uh record companies worked and I realized that we're all, you know, really lucky that that record ever even came, ever existed. Yeah. It came out because, you know, the the guy that he worked with through Columbia, which was Moby Grape, was a guy named David Rubinson, and who uh, was a producer for them and produced, you know, like Santana and things like that. Right, but. But he, but he was really into Moby Grape, and he was, and all he said was, you know, Skip called him and said, "I have, uh, you know, Skip called him and said, I'm out, and I want to record a record before I get a guitar because he wrote all the songs in his head. He okay, didn't have any right. way to even play them, and uh, so you know, this guy facilitated, you know, a budget, and he went, you know, they. It went down and, and it was recorded in a studio, a Columbia studio in uh, uh, Nashville, I think. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's how it exists. But then, you know, I didn't really know any of this back then for years. Right. And I just listened to it, you know, and I guess eventually the word on the street was a little bit that, you know, he wasn't well. Right, but back then, I mean, I don't listen to that, and I don't hear, I don't hear an unwell person at all. You don't, okay. Well, yeah. you know, all right. I could just say, Eric, one could play a devil's advocate and say, well, thinking of the, a lot of the people you've played with, you've played with Captain Beefheart, you've played with Perubu, uh, David Thomas, you played with Frank Black. M- could you be drawn to people with that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I just well, uh, first of all, to go into that, those three guys i mean david thomas can be difficult yes i don't think there's i don't uh, think i us, think that's indisputable can be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but i didn't really have any problems with him yeah okay right you know the, the biggest problem that we had i think it's the only project that i ever uh resigned from or as they called it in that band oh wow you know <laughs> when you fin- when you finish a record, you know, when you do a record a record with them, you are oblig- obliging yourself to go and tour it afterward, which I totally understand. Yeah. Um, and to which I did, 
but it was of course during that touring by complete happenstance that I met uh, uh, I met Charles Thompson uh, and, was uh, that when uh, Peruba was opening for Pixies on the uh, Trump Lamont tour right yeah I saw yeah because I saw that tour. actually that you guys came down you played at the cameo oh, theater no. I, I take it back it wasn't that it was much earlier Oh, it was earlier. That's right. Because actually, when I saw Perubu, I think you were already... Were you already playing with the Pixies then? Or did you play with both bands then? I played with both bands. You did. That's what I thought. Okay. Because yeah. I did see yeah. that shit. <laughs> but, but at this point, you know, uh, I went, you know, we went to play the show. And I think that was the summer of 88 or 89. I really can't remember. Okay. And, uh, you know, I just heard that... Um, you know, everybody was out touring, and uh, you know, everybody was kind of griping. You know, there was some <laughs> economic rece- uh, yeah. recession at that point, and none of the bands were making money, uh, except for this one new band mm-hmm. called the Pixies. Yeah, and and then the next thing I knew, we were going to uh, support them. So I was, you know, I'd never heard them, and I was on tour, and there was no. Uh, YouTube back then or anything, so right. I just like, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm was pretty blasé about things, and um, anyway, we got to this. The sh- any, I'm talking about the wrong subjects. So no, nah, that's it's all right. Okay. It's all interesting, though. It really is, and our listeners yeah. will uh, definitely be. Interested. Anyway, and Rob, Rob is a huge Pixies fan. I am, so. and, and I don't know. Yeah. If, I guess you haven't listened to the phone, but me and Barry do tend to go wildly off uh, topic uh, <laughs> uh, just by ourselves. Yeah. So don't worry about it at all. But, yeah, we're at this place called the uh, Kilburn National Ballroom in London, uh, where we're going to play. And we got there earlier, and you know, we traveled everywhere in a splitter van, so it was fairly exhausting. Even then, when I was uh, how old was I then? You know, like thirty-four or something like that. But uh, so we get to this place, and I'm just we got there very early. And we probably didn't have a hotel that we could go till till late After, that night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, you know, vegetating up in the rafters of this place. And this kid comes ambling up to me, very friendly looking, and says, Hi, my name's Charlie. And, you know, I sat, <laughs> I sat up and said, Hi, you know, I'm Eric. And, uh, and I and I said something to the effect of, "Wow, your your voice," because I've been in Europe then for a couple of months. I said, "You sound like you're from L.A. It's very refreshing." <laughs> yeah. And he said, uh, "I am, you know, partially." Right. And so then we just talked about stuff and uh, about uh, our favorite burrito places and stuff like that in L.A. And then and all the while, I'm kind of going. Who the heck is this guy? Yeah, yeah. And you know, because he didn't enter, didn't say why he was. And I kind of thought security here is kind of low, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, because I thought he just wandered in off the street, right? And uh, anyway, then somebody you know yelled to me from the stage, you know, we're sound checking. So I was like, okay, man, it's good to meet you. Uh, you know, I got, I have, I have to go to work. And uh, he said, oh yeah, sure, you know. And he left, and then you know. Nine hours later, the Pixies went on stage, and you know, 
my jaw dropped because it was that guy. <laughs> There's that kid. <laughs> That's that Charlie kid. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And, yeah. And, you know, I was at, at first, I'll be like this. I totally liked him, but what just hit me by 30 seconds into him was the whole place the energy just completely changed. Oh yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some film of like the Pixies playing in uh, in England, and yeah, and it was amazing. It really was. It, it, it was like you know they were all hypnotized, and they were all just kind of standing in place and waving back and forth, and and a hundred percent involved in the music. Right. And I just thought that's great, you know. So then I was. Uh, but I was I was too much observing and not there, right? And yeah. then, and you know and then we had to to go uh, uh, you know whatever go to our hotel and I didn't really feel like fitting for myself to get there on my own later and uh, so I you know I left and anyway I'll end that this part of the story here but uh, <laughs> no, that's yeah awful. it was yeah but it was like. Yeah, I mean, I thought that's the beginning and the end of uh, me and Charlie. You right. Know, but yeah. Right. <laughs> no, well, it's it funny because the way you say Charlie, and I think about the, another famous person from Los Angeles named Charlie, and who might introduce himself that way. And of oh, course, it could have been Charles Manson. <laughs> Charles yeah, Manson, been of awesome course. Is, that's exactly. <laughs> that would have been a great story too, Eric. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't that Charlie. Thank God. Uh, Equally good will, story. It, Yes, <laughs> that, yeah, um, but I will say that uh, that's the one and only time I've ever heard him introduce himself. Ah. Wow! I mean, the rest, you know, from ever from then it was uh, Charles and people that are really close to him, family, etc. Uh, call him Chuck. Ah, Interesting. Okay. You think he and, knew that you had been in in Beefheart's band, and he was. He was intimidated. Uh, I I really don't know. Okay. Uh, we we've talked a lot about that. I know that he was. He he did talk about how that he was in. There was one record. His dad, you know, vaguely knew. I mean, uh, his dad. Uh, many moons before this time, even uh, Charles's dad uh, was the manager of a well-known Hollywood restaurant. That was next door to a club called the Troubadour. Oh yeah. Oh okay. And I really can't remember what it's in. It. Oh, Ventanas or something like that. Yeah. And, and it was good, and you know I used to go there, but apparently Don did as well. <laughs> and so Charles's dad, you know, knew, you know, knew Captain Beefheart from going in there, and they had conversations. <sighs> That's nuts. Yeah, that is, that that is awesome. really bizarre. And then, and then Charles told me a story about when he was like, you know, I'm guessing at the age, but like nine or ten, and you know, he would have to had a home, and after dinner, like it was his chore to do the dishes, and there was a little boombox up there, oh my and God. in the boombox was uh, the Spotlight Kid. Oh and yeah. So, so he used to just listen to because you know. I don't know, whatever, he didn't bother to change. He listens to a lot of music, but for a while, he just listened to that album over and over again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, Spotlight Kid yeah, is yeah. a more, yeah, Rob's not a huge Beefheart fan. I'm the fan. But Barry used to do that to his yeah. kids, too. He would make them oh, listen to Captain Beefheart, taking them to school. 
And uh, so anyway, so that's uh, anyway that's part of the story. I don't remember how we got on that one. That's all right. That's awesome. It's all good. Although there are, there's probably hardcore Skip Spence fans that are going, "All right, when the fuck? When are they going to fucking talk about Skip already?" Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I can only talk about me in relation to Skip. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I know, and and I can only say this, which is a a regret, was in San Francisco. You know, 25 years ago, I became, and it was only like kind of a, because we had a mutual friend, but I had a phone relationship with this uh, writer, uh, you know, like a a music writer, and uh, and his name was Johnny Angel. And wait, that's not the same. That's not the Johnny Angel from uh, Boston, is it? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. I, I Rob, know Johnny Rob, Angel. Rob lived in Boston. <laughs> okay. And I didn't know him, you know, but he'd call me up and he just, we weren't, it was like this, but it was, he was way more serious and it was, you know, I kind of enjoyed talking to him, but it didn't occur to me much to ever say, so you live here. Right, uh, right. <laughs> why don't we go have a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Why don't we? Why don't we hang out? Yeah, but we we just talked a bunch of times, and then when he was like done, he'd say, "Okay, great, thanks, bye." Oh, and uh, and that was it. But then at some point, I don't know if probably neither of you be aware of this, but he did wrote some big expose about uh, Skip. Or some, you know, very underground magazine. I know, no, I knew he wrote. He did. He did a lot of things, but I did not know that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. And he called me up and told because he somehow in our wandering conversations, he came up and he said he called me up and said, you know what? He goes, I was doing this article and I, I just came back and he had gone down from San Francisco to San Jose, where Skip was. And uh, to talk to him and meet him and, you know, had this great time and, you know, talked to him a lot. And I guess Skip was was pretty lucid. And they even because, uh, you know, Johnny's a musician and he, you know, I think they like played a couple of Skip songs together. Oh, nice. You know, on, on guitars and, you know, talked about stuff and uh you know, did this, and he told me, and I go, I said, uh, oh, man, that's so beautiful. I'm so envious. Jealous. Yeah, you're yeah, jealous sure. of Johnny Angel. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And uh, he said, well, you know, it was so great. I will, I'm sure I'm going to go again, and you should come with me. <sighs> But, and anyway, but it, it never happened. Never happened. Never right? happened. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, you've you've done a lot of cool shit in your life, so right, you know, yeah. right. You, yeah. Yeah. But that would have been a that would have been a good that would have been a good one. All right, so let's get it. Let's get let's into this, this record. record. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the first song. Like uh, the first song, I feel like is a bit of a lost leader because, like I said, it, it sounds he's he sings in this high voice, and to me, it sounds like sort of a bridge between like the folk rock and pop rock of like uh, a big star, like could be a big star song or something. Yeah. Um, but let's listen to the opening track, uh, Little Hands. Okay. Little 
nice. So that's that's really nice. That first song is re- just really nice, really uh, pretty and tuneful. And you would not guess. I I I don't think I knew until I sat down and started reading about the album. I'd heard the album a bunch of times, but I never investigated the fact that he's playing it all himself. It doesn't feel like a record that one guy. It's it's a rare thing to be able to do that and have it not sound like. Well, this all song you. doesn't. Some parts of it, yeah, more sure, than others. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a Eric, very. It's, do you have any idea? Like, have you ever read how he did it? Like, would he do the drums first, or would he start it with a, a guitar thing I, and then play along to I've it? I've always wondered, and right? anything, anything <laughs> I said would be speculation right yeah. right right my yeah. my guess was he was he would do if if it was me if i had to go do this a i guitar. would say he recorded the guitar acoustic guitar and, then and vocals and then basically he's gonna go back and layer drums then next then bass and then and then background vocals or electric guitar it, yeah exactly that's i was gonna say it's the music most every song and not all but most are kind of guitar driven yes yeah and it's it's quite evident he's not playing with a click. No, and, uh, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which is p- part of its charm too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean definitely. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, for a long time, you know, I mean, in a weird way of, uh, you know, in fact, starting uh, fairly young to have worked with Mr. Van Fleet. Yeah, you know, I I know about being tight, but I also know about not you know we didn't play clicks you know he would he he would never stand for that you know and it would probably fucked up the music really badly well yeah the metronome is a a dictator and um you can only have one dictator in a band and um yeah and in that case it was him exactly (laughs) (laughs) and uh so you know uh you know, to back to back to skip. We're not going to go off again. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he, uh, he, you know, I, yeah, I think, he, I think he led with guitar and I mean, that particular song to me, I mean, sounds to me like, and I, and, you know, I know why it's not, it's probably because of this, uh, a little bit of the wobbliness of the, you know, tempo, et cetera. But, I mean, it, for for the times, uh, you know, it sounds like that it could have been a song on the radio. Yeah. Right, right. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, yeah, I, yeah I've got to figure, I'm not sure he who sequenced the record, but obviously a record label is always going to look for if you can just get the first track to be, you know, uh, something engaging so that it will once they put it on in the record store people will be like oh what's this well, that, yeah like I said that's why I said yeah. it's almost like a lost leader because then you get from that we go to the second song which sounds like a like a completely different <laughs> band a different yeah. person except for the, the, the odd thing about this record is the, is the mix and that I'm I don't know who mixed it maybe he had a hand in that but the fact that it's there's a lot of like the like there's like things that are like hard left and then there's things that are hard right and then there's things that are right down the middle but there's nothing that sort of fills out that 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 spectrum the stereo spectrum so it's a very um it's a kind of an odd listening it's experience so interesting that you say that because I've listened to that record I mean I can't imagine let's just say multiple hundreds of times and I noticed, you know, things like that about production. 
And I've never really noticed that. You know, what I do notice with it, because of, uh, you know, I've been in the studio uh, a few times, is that back around then, you had these certain mixing boards yeah. that, that were left, right, and center. That's all, oh, you know, they had. Oh, okay. That's how it had to, I mean, I noticed that a lot on Rolling Stones records. Yeah. Certain ones. It's like, wow, I really like this. I sure wish Nicky Hopkins was more to the center. <laughs> you know? Well, you know. I, I confess, I took my copy of, of Ore today, and I, I split the stereo, and I, I mixed it so... You know, you're such a nut. <laughs> so that it was, you know, you know, and, you, and this, you moved uh, him in. You moved I, I, did, I did, and it sounds it sounds more like a band. It sounds to me, it sounds better, and I, I, that's what I'm gonna listen to from now on. But you know, <laughs> okay. that's I'm a freak. The, so the uh, Barry See, Stock remix. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say one thing about that too. I don't know which version you're listening to, but I think the original '69 mixes. Are far better than the ones that came out. Well, in. that's what I'm. I've got a vinyl rip. Re- oh, okay, I've got okay. a vinyl rip of some guy on the internet, 15 years ago, ripped it to vinyl, and I grabbed it, and that's what I, that's what I did, and it, to me it does sound better. Um, it's um, you know, I, just to go on a, everybody gets their brief tangent. I'll go on my brief tangent. <laughs> <laughs> and Rudy Van Gelder, famous, you know who Rudy Van Gelder is, famous jazz uh, engineer. Um, uh, yes. I, I'm I, sure <laughs> Eric, that will be a yes for Eric and a no for Rob. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did a series of, of remasters of albums and of albums he had recorded in the, in the 1990s. And people complained, but I actually appreciate it because that's what Rudy did with those because they had been recorded in the late 50s or in the early 60s and there was hard right hard left and he took everything and he moved it into the center of the spectrum so you had a band feeling and if you were listening to it over a stereo where the speakers were on other sides opposite sides of the room you didn't you know you could hear what was going on instead of oh well there's there's you know there's um the drummer over there in the left channel um yeah so there's my there's my t- I did a Rudy Van Gelder okay. remaster on You're the allowed. Skip Smith record. <laughs> but it, it's interesting that it would go. And one of the reasons maybe for going back to Orr is because I know I've heard this more than a few times is that it was recorded uh, on an old uh, three track machine. That's exactly yeah. And so you know I mean three tracks four tracks whatever you've got. You know, they were ping-ponging and yes. on certain songs like crazy. But usually that ends up, you know, depending on how many, because it sounds like they used a f- quite a few tracks of guitars on some of these songs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For, sure. It, for sure. Yeah, it usually just kind of glues everything together, so it's not so left and right to me. But anyway, that's all That's all I was going to say. Uh, when, they re- when I heard ones that were re- uh, redone. There were definitely some remixes and uh, other like little bits of like four bars here that had been originally cut out. Oh, they oh, put them back okay. in. They oh. put them back in, and I was like, "Yeah, it didn't need it. Yeah, it didn't. You don't have to do that. No. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of perfect, and it's that's a no it's... from Eric. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the redones were a little bit of a no. Uh, All right, so now we have a track, um, not um, the band song. But we have uh, Skip's song called uh, Cripple Creek. Cripple Creek. 
Southern a gothic death song, you know. It's like a, it's a, mm. I think it's a song about death or about mm. dying. Yeah, and it's like a little, you know, one of those well, little plus stories. Plus, he's singing in a baritone now, very different, very much. In the previous song, he's singing with a falsetto, right. uh, and and also, and he's also changed his mind about harmonically where he wants it to go from when he records. I, I'm guessing the the his original track vocals and acoustic guitar. And then on the accompaniment tracks, he's doing something different with the rhythm guitar and the bass than he was with the original guitar, which gives it a particularly sort of an odd quality. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's I, that's interesting. Now you make me want to hear that. I never, <laughs> I, I never thought of that. But, but it definitely, I thought, like, this is kind of one of the ones where, you know, I agree, it's, it's got to be... Uh, guitar led, and uh, you know, is whatever his original rhythm guitar was, because it's it's really interesting when the drums come in. Uh, they sort of the way he plays, it really picks it up. Oh yeah, and and um, he's not ahead, but it's like you don't expect it to feel like that. No. and uh, you know, it's just it's you know, kind of. He's he's a bit one of those drummers that I think he's a you know I think he was a well he's just a great musician. He's definitely yeah. you can tell he's one of these guys that could play anything, anything pick up anything, and, and, play and do it, it well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and especially which guys, I hate by the way. I hate people like guys. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm in, I'm envious of people that can sit down and play the drums really well and do it in a way that where it goes along with what he's playing and you don't go oh well, that's just him trying to. That's a guitar player trying, trying to, play to play drums. drums. No, it sounds yeah. like a great drummer, you know, just accompanying what's going yeah. on. And some of the, some of the lyrics on this one um, are, yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds, and I think a lot of them do in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it's a death song, and it sounds kind of biblical. Yes. Yeah. And, now, uh, now, do you know anything about him as far as religion? Because I, I was trying to, I couldn't read anything about his religion, but obviously, a lot of this record is uh, biblical there's uh, biblical yes. references nobody's ever said that he was uh you know called him a, in anything that i've ever read about him called him like a christian or anything right right uh, uh you know but 
he he knew a lot of stuff that makes me think that he read. Right, I right. think so. And yeah, I had wondered was, whether this is the sort of the 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 biblical, more of an Ezekiel sort of psychedelic um, biblical experiences than it is a fire and brimstone. It's more like oh, yeah. someone who's seen visions while he was, you know, maybe took some took some LSD. And- oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's definitely and there's a lot of self. There's a lot of introspection in here when he says I find it when he says his head was spinning freely and it was plain to see his burden was himself mm, for yeah. the sight his eyes could be yeah, yeah. I, you know the song seems really uh, you know uh, t- singing about himself in some some right, part right of right right well this is a guy who just spent six or he's spending <laughs> yeah. six months in in Bellevue for trying to break into through a door with an axe basically shining style um, that's the story anyway and he was you know um, committed. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, and, you know, like I said, is that's the story. I'm sure it's largely true, but we don't know any context. No. And, right, right, right. And, you know, maybe he may had have been, a, a perfectly sound reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, but because a lot of people you think if they came out after six months uh, of being in a place like that, and they were giving him, yeah, Thorazine you know, or whatever, yeah, yeah, every day, you know, or maybe they use him up, you know, they come out dribbling. I think, yeah, and right. He's not dribbling at this no, point, not no. at all. You would not ever be able to say, "Oh, three days ago, this guy was in Bellevue." There's just no, <laughs> there's just no there, there. There's no, you couldn't win a bet with that. It would be, you know, you're you're getting out, you're nuts. Um, but he does. It, it there's a verse, the second to last verse. His death, it died quite easily. Right there was gone for good, but he couldn't see his loved one like he thought he should. There's um, there's some, um, some very bitter love uh, words in here as well, and some of the songs about. I think maybe so. I, I get the vibe in this record that there was someone around before that didn't stick. It wasn't around. around. Once yeah, he got right. Out Once of, uh, the, she said you. she'd stick around until the bandages came off. Yeah, and she didn't. These <laughs> these mama's boys just don't know how to quit. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I agree, uh, and in fact, the next song. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what a good segue, this, this could be, could it Could it be, let's listen it to a little bit. It could be about the same woman. I yeah, think let's, so, yeah. Let's hear a little of Diana. Diana, you are. It's got that in- 
interesting little chord change there that that, well, that just gives it that. Yep. It, this song has got this longing, this 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 like vibe of longing. So I was going to ask you, Eric. Rob and I were talking about this before the show. Have you ever heard the album Meat Puppets Two, the second Meat Puppets album? Um, they were on SST. They were a. Um, no, I know who the Meat Puppets are. Of course, I'm just just checking. But the yeah, the no. second Meat Puppets record, they. Kirk Kirkwood had a copy of this record because that chord change exactly in played in just that way appears on the second oh, right, Meat Puppets yeah, yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. And when uh, I heard it, I got a weird feeling. I was like, "Wow, I know where I know where I've heard that before." And, the, and even the way Kirkwood was singing, singing it was that, yeah. So I think Barry's. I think you're right. I think he had this. As record. obscure as this album is. Somebody oh, had yeah. a copy of it. Oh. The first record they made was this insane hardcore oh, record, yeah. <laughs> which crazy. is just the second and the third second record is, is the, they were great. Band. The second record is the one that Kurt Cobain base was very very fond of and did a couple of covers on the live MTV mm-hmm. thing off of that record. So it's uh, it's very more of a crazy horse Neil Young feel, and but then also with this Skip Spence feel that's very much in there. Oh yeah, I mean, there's people that know. There's people that like feels like this, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's that, and you know, and we'll just go here, and I'll just say it, kind of just point blank that, you know, Skip writes really interesting lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. And yes. they make, to me, they make complete sense. You know, they just you hear one well, of yeah, those. Yeah, this lines, is not. This yeah. is not the album of a. So this is not. Um, you know, uh, an album of someone where you go, well, this person is you would like, you can't Rocky you, Eric, it isn't like uh, Rocky Erickson when you're saying, oh, was he on was he on hallucinogenics when he wrote? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, the later right stuff where, or even some of you know even some of Daniel Johnston stuff where you go, oh, you know, I think there's something there's something a little sideways about what's going on here. Right. This is just an introspective. This could be. It's just introspective songwriter. Well, it is. All right. But there are moments. Now we get to the next song because he does also have a very lighthearted sense Shall of humor. we say whimsical? Yes. Yeah. Very good. Exactly. Right. Which you wouldn't expect. Like from these first three songs, you wouldn't expect, oh, here's like a really like- cheeky, whimsical song. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, this one also has a line in it. Just, you know, whenever I, it's like one of those things that goes through your mind for no reason when you don't even want it there. Yeah. But he says something about she skates the truth on the ice. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, there goes Margaret, the daring ice skater. It's almost like a like a British, like a uh, Ray Davies type the, the song, you know, something yeah. like that. It reminded yeah. me of, let's listen to a little bit of uh, Margaret Tiger Rug. It's Margaret
So that line there is intrigued me. If she wasn't so daring and dashing, her lips would be chapped at half the price. And I, I kind of think that that's a veiled insult. I'm, I, there, to me, I, I, I think you're right. There's right. been this one's. Um, I'm not, and I also feel like this one maybe. In my mind, what I hear is an entire missing brass section (laughs) (laughs) playing and a banjo playing along with this. And that, because that's what it feels like, is that it's a skeleton for. It does. And and, and we should say, right, uh, Eric, I think he, in his mind, he was doing uh, uh, demos of all these. And he <laughs> right. didn't necessarily know that that, uh, this that is gonna producer be the guy was going to you know, basically. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, he probably didn't think about it. I never thought of it that way. But I was going to say is, uh, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way about him. But I think he was hearing the brass. Yeah. The oh, whole right, time. right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, 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 that's completely what occurred to me was, oh, he's hearing a brass section in there because that's what you would put there, and that because right. that's what I suddenly my brain filled in there, and I thought, oh, okay. And um, whether he thought it was going to appear there or not, the fact that he's just doing sort of a chunk of chunka on the guitar, it's really just bass and drums and vocals. Um, yeah, it's a skeleton. There is no guitar in there. There's right? no, just right. like a chink, just like a Motown right. sort of chunka chunka thing going on. Right. But the, but that's on the bass. Oh right, the, yeah, the bass. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you can hear. It's actually really cool. You can hear the buzzing, the strings buzzing, everything, and, yeah. and it's good. I like it. I got. I just got to say, Eric, you were you were a very sophist- cool, sophisticated fourteen year old to appreciate this. Because I feel like when I was fourteen, I was listening to like Nugent, like Ted Nugent yeah, and ACDC true. and stuff. Yeah. Well, as, as far as um, I know, probably everybody says this of whatever uh, generation they're from, but I think I um, my ears became uh, of age in the best era for listening to rock music. Yeah, probably. Well, you, you're probably you're, right. You probably are right, actually. <laughs> Why you saying Ted? You saying the Ted Nugent nah, wasn't the grand era of rock? <laughs> I have my. I won't, I won't tell my Hagney story. What a story. hot take! A hot take from Eric Feldman, ladies and I'll gentlemen. I'll just say I got lucky, and my my grandparents bought, took me to the record store in 1971, and I, but by some sort of bizarre twist of fate, made some very unusual choices, and it it changed my life. Now those old traditions, I, I I always remember when, you know, you'd have. Uh, well, I'm saying I assume everybody did, but in the era when I grew up, you know, unless you were sick with something, you know, once a year you, with my parents, we would, you know, we lived in the suburbs in L.A. and they we would go to my uh, pediatrician and I'd get a checkup. Yeah, sure. And then, uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking about back when, you know, the ridiculous of, of like, you know, somebody hitting your knee with a hammer. Yes. Oh, yeah, sure. And, um, and you had to get shot. And shoving and that shots. thermometer up your ass. Oh, and yeah, shit. sure. Yeah. 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 All that, I remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't remember that. But, uh, <laughs> no, I do. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, every time when we left, uh, before we went home, uh, we would go to a record store which was like you know your idea of an old-fashioned record store oh, yeah. which sure 
yeah, jammed with records. Yeah, and I, I was pretty young then, and I didn't make any resounding choices that I'm proud of. But <laughs> oh no, I mean, but, but I mean, I'm also this was even like like pre Beatles. Oh wow! Ooh. Okay. Well, what did you? Yeah, what could you even pick? I mean, what could? I, uh, right. I, I remember I got some. There, there was this record. You know, it was one of those records. Oh, I think it was almost made for stereo. Oh yeah, and, right. And, stereo uh, demonstration record. Yeah, my parents yeah. had one of those. <laughs> yeah, but this one was like you know it was jazz, but oh, it was okay. uh, yeah, it was like all these sort of you know Here's really the right speaker. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they didn't say that, but right. it was really widespread. And, you know, it's just all these, and I used to listen to that record all the time. Yeah. That's so funny. I had some weird, I had some weird records on my parents. And, you know, your parents had records, too, that you don't, you don't know where they came from, when they got them, and they never listened to them, so you don't know what they were for. <laughs> right. But I had, like, some weird ones, some patriotic music by Buster Crab singing the national anthem and giving sort of inspirational speeches and Moon River yeah. and weird shit like that, you know? <laughs> and of course, uh, Herp Alpert. Herp Alpert want, the, yeah, I think everyone's very Taste had of Honey. I didn't buy Herp Albert records, but it was right in my wheelhouse. Right, I mean, right. I liked, <laughs> yeah. I liked yeah, yeah. you know, they were on the radio when I was oh, like, yeah. Yeah, eight yeah. years old, 10 years old, that yeah. kind of thing. All right, so let's uh, let's take yeah. a little break now. Uh, let's have, why, why don't you take that poor dog out, maybe if you. Want. All right, uh, we'll be back in a minute with more of our uh, special guest Eric Drew Feldman talking about Skip Spence's record. Or we'll be back in a minute. Is this? Tomorrow.com. That is, this tomorrow.com is here today to read to you the Florida Combating Violence, Disorder and Looting and Law Enforcement Protection Act. New criminal offenses to combat rioting, looting and violence. Prohibition on violent or disorderly assemblies. Third degree felony when seven or more persons are involved in an assembly and cause damage to property or injury to other persons. Prohibition on obstructing roadways. Third degree felony to obstruct traffic during an unpermitted protest, demonstration or violent or disorderly assembly. Driver is not liable for injury or death caused if fleeing for safety from a mob. Prohibition on destroying or toppling monuments. Second degree felony to destroy public property during a violent or disorderly assembly. Prohibition on harassment in public accommodations. First degree misdemeanor for a participant in a violent or disorderly assembly to harass or intimidate a person at a public accommodation, such as a restaurant. RICO liability. RICO liability attaches to anyone who organizes or funds a violent or disorderly assembly. Increased penalties. Mandatory minimum jail sentence. Striking a law enforcement officer, including with a projectile, during a violent or disorderly assembly equals six months mandatory minimum jail sentence. Offense enhancements. Offense and or sentence enhancements for 1. Throwing an object during a violent or disorderly assembly that strikes a civilian or law enforcement officer. 2. Assault battery of a law enforcement officer during a violent or disorderly assembly. And 3. Participation in a violent or disorderly assembly by an individual from another state, citizen and taxpayer protection.
protection measures. No defund the police permitted. Prohibit state grants or aid to any local government that slashes the budget for law enforcement services. Victim compensation. Waive sovereign immunity to allow a victim of a crime related to a violent or disorderly assembly to see local government for damages where the local government is Said you're on the guest list for every night, just if you want to come. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> Wait. So it was really great because I you. went there and was kind of like, you know, experiencing New York. That's not the real New York experience, though, Eric. <laughs> just as, yeah. as someone who lived there, that's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I was. They're just... not that nice. <laughs> Where, where were you on the guest list every night? Oh, it was called the Knitting Factory. But oh my God! Yeah, really? Knitting Factory. Yeah. Do you know um, an, uh, of a person? Uh, we know him. So, uh, uh, underground record producer named Kramer. Do you remember? You know who Kramer is? Oh, you know what? I don't know him personally, but you know what? I yeah. feel like I feel, I feel like I know him. You know? Yeah. Well, but, he knew. Uh, I guess he knew Hal Wilner because that's where well, I thought of Hal. When he, because when Hal Wilner died, Kramer was broken up. But the owner, <clears throat> Kramer claims that the owner of the knitting factory somehow had possession of his um, master tapes for his. Oh, Kramer's master tapes? Oh, Kramer's yeah, probably he, full of shit. And he said the guy <laughs> threw them. He watched the guy throw them in the dumpster or oh, something. Oh, well, that may be true. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture someone getting. Well, why would they? Well, I don't even. Well, if you know, know if you if you know Kramer. Oh, I know Kramer. I could picture someone doing that. Yeah, <laughs> he'll do something to make you mad at some point. Yeah. Guaranteed. So, <laughs> all right, but we're not here to talk about that. Though. All right, let's get back. Yeah. All right, we are back. This is that record got me high. That's Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we are talking to Eric Drew Feldman about this record, Hi. or uh, by uh, O A R. Yeah, O-A-R. like what you put in the water. By and uh, like I said, no, exactly. Uh, no, you're right. It is OAR, like we put it in the water. Yeah, right. I know. I was wondering if it Which was is, if there should have been periods, if it was like an acronym, but it's uh, not. It's just like the or in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. All right, so we're up to song number five. Listen to a little bit of "Weighted Down," the, the prison, prison song. song. Weighted down by position. Weighted down by the gun Weighted down by the river For you to come
darling, the darling, my action of when three months I was gone. But who saw you, darling, darling, while I've been gone? So long Waiting down My position so I just I murder was, ballad. Murder it's a murder ballad, ballad yep, for yep. sure. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and yeah. So he's got. He must have been. He's got some of these songs have that little country, like 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 original country. You know, uh, country western vibe. Well, Johnny Cash. I was thinking. Yes, of yeah, a, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, this. You can hear Johnny Cash singing this. The the deep voice, the resonance right. of the voice. And um, but dark, yeah. Well, what? do you think the prison? I'm thinking. Do you think the prison? He's talking about the hospital, really. He's the hospital's kind well, of a you metaphor know. Well, for the prison. Well, I, I actually don't. No. I mean, I think he's. I think he's t- saying. Uh, I mean, I think he's telling a story. And he's singing more of a traditional, yeah. like like prison yeah, yeah, and right. song. He could yeah. be singing it from prison. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Well, weighted down yeah. by possessions, weight weighted down by the gun. Weighted down by the river, the different word like weighted, you know, you held down yes. and then yeah. weighted down by the river for you to come. So the gun is the interesting thing. So you imagine a, like a guy at a, on a dock standing there with a gun waiting for his darling to, you know, she's gone. Because um, definitely it's, um, it's got the, uh, the verse that says, a best friend to your ear of truth said, I was guilty of sin said, my being gone was the best thing for you. But the truth, it all comes out for me and my kin. It wasn't the best for me thing for me, but it was the best for him. Yeah. So, so he, he was wrong to buy someone. Uh, he was wrong by <laughs> yeah. the... And there's a, there's a, that's a theme that runs through here, is being wronged by a woman or being wronged by friends or betrayal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and by the gun, that's the interesting thing. When someone talks about a gun... And it's in this context, you do get the murder ballad feel. Like he's done now, this is a post, he's, this is reportage after the fact, after he's killed her and he's in prison or he's, he's or, and I thought about weighted down, you know. Is, uh, is hold he, on, I lost you. Oh, you're back. No, go, go ahead. I was just prattling on about being weighted down by things if he's going to, you know. Um, guilt or or that he's done something bad um now eric let me ask you at, at any time as a as a 14 year old listening to this did at any time <laughs> did your parents like pop your head in and go what the fuck what are, are you listening, listening to, to? <laughs> well i have to say that in 1969 the biggest thing on my turntable besides this was probably um a trout Masquerade replica oh wow oh, wow so, I mean, there was something... You're a weird just, kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, did, it, let's, I, it not, says, let's not mince words. <laughs> I, I, it yeah. says that you, you actually went to the Trout Mask House uh, to visit them. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Just because a friend's older brother uh, worked in a music store that, uh, you know, they used to frequent to, you know, get strings or... Yeah, sure. Picks or whatever. And so 
and he's you know was he would go up there and say you know i'm going to the house wow do you want to go oh my god uh, well so but if, I, if I mean I'm, it's a bush I'm, recording we're out here recording a bush yeah but when that was first happening, I was more like 12, let's say. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I was just sitting quietly observing. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, and then I you know, met him a couple times, like riding around on my bike on the main boulevard. <laughs> wow, isn't that crazy how life works? Yeah. And, then, uh, and then you're getting yeah. yelled, yelled at him or you're getting a weird nickname from him like years <laughs> <laughs> That's life, man. Um, yeah. All right, so now uh, we go from uh, we go from that this, that that low deep Johnny Cash thing. Now he's back to his haunting falsetto again, um, and let's listen to a little bit of War in Peace. I mean, I was. It's funny that you said that because I was thinking like I'm not even talking about. You know, one of my biggest draws to this is the guitar work. Yeah, is it's just so um, intertwined pieces of a puzzle. Yeah, yeah, because he that, never. Yeah, you, you, you're right. He really just. Uh, it, it's very uh, subtle, but you hear. Oh yeah, there's like two or three guitars going on, and yeah. they really work together yeah. well. It, it's yeah. um, a lot of times you you consciously if you were, if you were just going to say oh there's only one guitar in there but then if you were like oh I, if, I, if you listen a little harder there's a lot more going on underneath there and, and I uh, don't call, I don't call it fluff the other stuff no not not at all no <laughs> now you could tell it's probably you know we're we're all speculating obviously you speculate we didn't yeah. we didn't mention that it's no longer with us but uh you could i have a good idea that all of this was in his head already and he's just I doing agree. the parts and adding it in but you know some people people like this they have it all in their head already and they're just getting it out getting it all onto tape that's how I feel about it too. Except, why did he now, uh, Eric? Why do you think he threw in uh, a "Sunshine of Your Love" riff at the end? Do you think I was- think you were going to say that? But but <laughs> the other thing I was going to say too, which I think is just goofing him goofing in this one. There's a lyric that is as hard as I've listened to it. It's 
it's so nice to see you in the red raisin head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> or, or it might be it might be resin head. Well, see, but, I always think risen dead. Uh, that's what okay. I got. <laughs> but yeah, any of them work though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, yeah. The, you know, I think the thing about sunshine of your love is well obviously you know this was recorded in 68 that was the year before but i mean it was definitely uh a song of its time and please don't get me started about jack bruce but um no. <laughs> <laughs> good good or another, for, for good or for ill no for good I yeah mean, just, okay yeah me too i love i yeah. love oh, him love yeah him, love no no i know um, yes but um, people go, oh, Clapton, man, Ginger Baker. I'm like, no, nah, you missed out on the most important member of that band. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he not only does he sort of, we'll call it tribute that song. Because yes. I think it was probably just another one of those things that was like an earworm for him. Yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah, it right. almost sounds like he start he plays a riff that's similar to it, and he it sounds like he said, "Oh, okay, that's it, it, I'm, I'm going to just play Sunshine of My Love now." Yeah, it and, but like he, he puts this he puts such beautiful um, harmony against it. Yes, this, he does. I, I was going to say if you guys hadn't come through so eloquently with your opinions, like it's just sound. It's just yes. sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, and. Uh, so, and, uh, and now okay. uh, it's, it's beautiful. And Incredibly speaking beautiful. of, uh, yeah. and now we get a completely different person again because this next one sounds like a different person singing it. Oh, I, I, let me add this before we go on to this. But I was thinking it during uh, uh, weighted down, uh, which also we didn't we didn't really talk about that. So was like, you know, he's totally interge- uh, intersperses. Not the word I still want. Uh, he freely. Uses either waiting or waited. Oh right, and, right, right. Yes, and yes. he usually does it in a way that's exactly opposite of trying to make sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, I always was aware of that as a kid, but it just seemed like yes, I didn't have such biggest reference points at that time. Exactly. Thought, right. 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 This is so normal. You know. <laughs> like yes. All right, and now yeah, now we get his the the sad cowboy voice again. Uh, that's singing "Broken Heart." A broken heart be lovely. Broken on the ground. A master in the ribs of me would be better be found. Tree blown gently, a noose would be ignored. Then to stand upon the receiving end of the right hand of the Lord. Black earth, thirsty. Cowboy and a lake, his tongue does rest. Jumps in, and he cannot swim, and drowns himself to death. Or a full 
Kurdistan Catching his boot heel in a rock two miles from the top. All different ways of of meeting your end in this one. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good song. It's a really well-written song. Actually, at first, when I heard it, I thought, oh, maybe it's a cover because maybe it's like a traditional like gospel song yeah, because yeah, of the way right. then to stand yeah. upon the receiving end of, of the, the right, right hand, hand of, of the Lord. Lord. Right. But then I realized, oh, no, it's going in different places, yeah. too, and it's just a really good song. Well, the first really verse, he's like, all of those things would be better than to be, you know, pun by being received the... God's the, wrath. God's wrath. Which that's that means he's been reading the Old Testament. I just I just have to having been there, done that. That's that feeling. Well, is, maybe he's not there. Maybe that's the only thing they're letting him read. Well, it's I, I wondered about that as well. You know, one thing they're gonna have access to in a mental institution, of course, is the most fucked up book on earth, the Bible. The Bible. Yeah. <laughs> of course, then he processes it into the same place for a line in a later verse. He says, "Better to be rolled in oats." Oh yeah. Then from the roll be dropped. Yeah. Well, also right the roll of right yeah, the roll of great. the yeah. Um, maybe he maybe he had a you know went to church as a kid. There's there's those gospel feeling in those words. Um, and then the the second verse, like a thirsty cowboy in a lake, his tongue does rest. Jumps in and he cannot swim and drowns himself to death. So. Maybe yeah. a metaphor for Skip's um, what his life has been like, um, or a frozen mountaineer. He chugs up to a stop, catching his boot heel in a rock two miles from the top. Really powerful visual imagery about people who didn't, you know, were were um, caught short in some way on their on their journey, and so like yeah. he, like, like he was. And then to go back just to, it's like kind of this song and uh, definitely weighted down and maybe even Cripple Creek. Yeah. It's, they could be just talking, it, like there's so many people that would like, you know, give their, you know, right arm to, to feel like they're, you know, were recorded you know, with like a field recording. Yes. And these just like, it's not like he's even trying, but it, it does. They sound like completely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know, sure. Uh, authentic. Right. You know, they, they really do. And that's what, you know what I was going to ask you, Eric, do you think the, the, that producer, David uh, Rubinson, I think he just really appreciate, like, I, I don't think, cause you could look at it like he was kind of exploiting him in a way and just wanted to get it out. But I don't think that, I think he really did. Think I think, I think he was a fan. I think he was I a fan and realized yeah. how yeah. special this was and just wanted to go. I mean, yeah. it ended up, it didn't, obviously, it didn't really do much no. of anything. I, I mean, mean, how many uh, did you, they... uh, you might have been the only person that bought this, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was out of print for how, I mean, just decades and decades, right? The original press, there was the original printing press pressing of it and then but yeah like like you said it has a quality to it that you that you can't fake you could try and fake but you can't no, and it's all and, there well i should say um beck should definitely pay royalties uh to skip senses estate 
based on this song because Beck heard this song and was like, oh yeah, I like the way that sounds because there's a lot of Beck stuff that has this emotive quality. Of course, Beck is singing it with that a little bit less... um, not Passos. conviction, but he's, be- he's got his <laughs> yeah, tongue. right, right, right. He's yeah. got his tongue in his cheek a little bit. Always, oh, yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right, so now we get another one. This is more of a hymn. I, I look at this next one almost like more of a hymn than an actual song. Um, and, and also, for whatever it's worth, in the the chorus parts, yeah, of this one, this is we're talking about all come to meet her yes. now. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, he does a really um, funny thing in it when he comes back to that part in the middle is every time he says that line and it sounds completely normal, except if you're trying to play with it, it he keeps cutting out a beat and in, in a different ah. place. Ah, mm. okay. And, but he, but he, and only he can do it cause he's playing with himself. He's playing right. all the instruments <laughs> so he can do it. Yeah. yeah. All yeah, right, you that's can teach it to somebody, but if you never <laughs> notice it, you okay. go, it's how come he's not finishing the line, but it's the music sounds completely like it's finishing. All right, let's listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Me. huge amount of space available for him to sing into there like they've got the like they've got the faders way up and he's singing very quietly because you can hear the room around him when he's singing so he's he's singing quietly but there's a if he were to get really close to the mic it would really distort so it's it's a really there's I don't know, you know, I've heard that technique used in other records where um, you're relying on the singer not to sing too loud so that you can um, capture this sort of, I don't know, field of of something around the vocalist that, that that's in this track. Uh-huh. It... Uh... It's funny because I've heard, and I, I don't know where, don't know when, 
but on a lot of this stuff, like he was really interested and was instructing the engineer. Yeah. Uh, to he goes barely, you know, in a couple of songs, like I barely want the the uh, meters to move. Yeah, uh, that's okay. what it sounds like. You know, like. I think in Margaret Tiger Rug is like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it was just like, it's just, it's got to be like, I'm, you know, I'm barely, you know, There's a tickling. space, right. There's a, yeah. And then it leaves this gigantic space because you're not pushing anything, but you've got yeah. the, you've got this potential of, you know, of things being very, very loud. And also the guitar is is like it's super compressed, so it's got yeah. that it's got that sound of a clean but compressed guitar, which um, also adds to that effect because it's got that that sort of pushy sound, that sort of I don't even know how to describe it, a cushion sound. Um, All the elements of a good record. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, exactly. All right. So now we get to the. Apocalyptic. This is most definitely. Oh, yeah. uh, 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 it's got an apoc like an end of days feel to this next one. Let's listen to a little bit of Books of Moses. Books of Moses. Not only is the storm coming, but Moses is is chiseling out the commandments on the rock. That sound. Oh, okay, I didn't get that. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that's, that's definitely. Good. I, I definitely think that's. And you got some splinters, didn't you? Because you're you're banging on that. You know, you're you're chiseling out that uh, those uh, commandments. When I hear on, Moses. All I think of is Edward G. Robinson in Ten Commandments. Like, Moses, looking like a. <laughs> Yeah. Where's your God now, Moses? <laughs> yeah, this one's this one's um he's not screwing around. This is again, I gotta feel like he's you know, he's that maybe there was a maybe the there Bible was a Bible in, around in the yeah. yeah, because um he's hitting on some old testament themes uh, hard and but then again, you know, it brings me back to you. There's this person. There's an absent person in this entire recording yeah, that is being so. addressed at a you know in some longing way. 
Exactly. And you know what? It's it's so good that we don't know who it is. Probably, oh, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can imagine, you know. You can imagine <laughs> yeah, you could. Right, exactly. But if, but if you if you actually saw it, it'd be like, really? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. We, you don't want to dig that deep in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. in, you know, it's 20, in 2020 as opposed to back in 1968 when he was whoever he was thinking about. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, but you know what? When he made this record, that's the thing about listening to the the sort of, I don't know if anybody else would use that word, but the wisdom in it. Yeah. He was, no, yeah, he, sure. was tw- he was 22. Oh, my God. Come I know. on. Yeah, come on. That crazy? When, when come we do on. stuff like this, we think, and we think, oh, God, how old was he? And it's like, yeah, that is it's, crazy. Yeah, no way. Come on now. That's You're crazy. pulling my leg. But it's true. That's the thing. Like, how does it, like, 20 year we've, we've mentioned that in the show before. Like we some, have, yeah. Where yeah. you get these records and you go, okay, yeah. these are feelings that a, are under. A 22 under- year old now can't even uh, write a check. <laughs> I don't even know how to write a check. Well, not even that. <laughs> think about your, think about, I think about myself at 22 and I go, yeah. I, I was an know, idiot. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I have the sophistication or the sort of. Sp- Emotional sophistication to right. put together this. Eric probably did, but we definitely. Uh, I mean, you no, know, no, 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 I think. Well, <laughs> think about the fact that Skip Spinch, that, that to make this, took what it took for him to get to the point to make this record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, he probably, you know, without Bellevue, he probably wouldn't have made. Or that's the that's the fact. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. he would have made something else, probably really cool too. Don't but know. It wouldn't have been this. Could have been. Could have been. You know, he could be. Could have been dead. Like yeah, that's, it, it's yeah. just one more, of those things. That may be more likely. Um, all right. So now we got another one of his more lighthearted uh, tunes that sort of ease the heaviness that some of the record has. And uh, definitely his sense of humor comes out on this one. Let's listen to a little bit of Dixie Peach Promenade. Yin for Yang. I could use me some yin for my yang. That would make everything all right. I will stay by your side by the day. You'll stay underneath. At night, I bought me some Zen food to learn how to think, but I can't think of anything more out of door than to see you in the pink. So this is if Johnny Cash was really horny and wrote a song about cuz this is uh, this is about one thing and one thing only it's just yeah. raw you know Skip has been in Bellevue for 6 months and he needs uh, the uh, affections of a woman and this is how he's going to express that um, and it's very funny the way he does it but it's def- it's it's not it doesn't um, it's not hidden what's going on here yeah, plus I think he was having, you know, he was feeling pretty lucid, maybe having gone through it and come out the other side because he has another line in there about, I've taken every bit of stuff from A to Z. From A to Z, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you hear me, he says. Yeah. yeah right, right. Um, yeah, definitely. And I feel like this is sort of a companion to the next song. 
uh, which is oh, also yeah. another mm. really fun, clever one with a lot of really clever wordplay. Uh, so let's do a little bit of Lawrence of Euphoria. And Lawrence from Euphoria, I'll share your tent, pay your rent. It's worth every single cent. And Lawrence from Euphoria. From the deep, come in your sleep. No more will you weep. I'm Lawrence from Euphoria. There's Vivian from Oblivion. She does it for free for my friends and me. She's Vivian and Lawrence. Lawrence from Euphoria. She does it all right, but her lips are tight. She tucks me into bed at night. Great words, and, and you have that brass band back again. Like the bass is playing uh, yeah. like a trombone, like it would be a, like a trombone, you would think. But yeah. the bass is doing yeah, that. Right. Or and a tuba. And a yeah. tuba, yes, that's yes. it. Yeah, a tuba. One and a lot of G chords and one C chord, I think, in there. Well, did you hear though? In that one place. When he's saying, I'm Lawrence. Yeah, and he, right. It's that chord like from that song, Diana. He goes up <laughs> yeah. to like yeah. nowhere else in the song with that yes, chord. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, and again, it's sort of, um, this is sort of a rumination on the characters of a free love. Um, so, you know, things that were happening Vivian, in 19- I love it. Vivian yeah. from Ob- Oblivion. Oblivion and her twin sister, Ellie Mae from California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. So yeah. um, Skip was not un- unfamiliar with the joys of being a rock and roll star. He uh, wasn't, and he ended up. I read, which I was uh, shocked that he was. He ended up. He was married for a while, and he had like he had like four kids. Oh, I didn't know. He, I knew he had a kid. I didn't know he had, he had four. four kids and a bunch of grandkids. So you know, look at Skip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think if the crazy, crazy thing you, you look at the. Wikipedia entry for Skip Spence, and there's a there's a period called decline, and it lists de- the period the the chapter called decline goes from 1970 to 1999, and you go holy shit, that's tw- 29 yeah. years, and so. And he did in that time, like he would occasionally go back in with uh, Moby Grape, Moby Grape sure. when they would do like reunions, and he was involved somewhat at, at certain points. But, but the thing about Moby Grape too was, yeah, go ahead. Oh, they were in decline too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Moby Grape was the great. They were the great. We haven't talked about this. They were the great shoulda, coulda, woulda band of 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 that scene where you know there was this incredible pool of talent. And these great songwriters and these great performers, and it just—I mean, it was just a shit show from from soup to nuts. They never managed to get, you know, go do anything. You know, if you ask most people about, you know, uh, 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 psychedelic rock or whatever, from M- Moby Grape would only come up for people who really were, you know, knew what was going on. They they, they don't. It, they just didn't. They didn't track. It didn't happen. And I don't know if, 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 if there were other people in the band who had the same level of dysfunction as Skip or if it was just, you know, uh, egos. Yeah, I don't know. What do you know? I mean, what, what do you think? I, I don't know. I think, I think he had some help on that. I've heard that there's another major guy from that band named 
Bob Mosley, and I know he had some issues. Yeah. The, the, the dreaded some issues. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, sometimes the issues don't, but the, sometimes the issues, like fucking Keith Richards is a junkie for all those years and and um and it doesn't it doesn't matter to make it work they managed to make it work (laughs) yeah it's true it just it has to do with you know uh, this odd combination of of people who can you know are able to do it or not able to do it right right yeah handle it yeah to handle it um all right so we get to the final track so you had so this is the right you got this record when it came out this was the final track on this record um Uh And it's the longest track on here. And this, um, I don't know, this song, I don't know, maybe, like I said, it's hard to separate when you know about the, the, the this person is the and their history. This is the most psychedelic, it is. overtly it's, it's psychedelic, psychedelic song it on is. it. Let's just listen to, yeah, let's listen to a little bit of it, and then we'll discuss Gray slash Afro. going on there which he is does. like and some still if he did the guitar so and the drum it's like well, good is there, on him is there even able a, to is there even that. a guitar or is it just the bass i can't tell it almost uh, seems like he's just playing bass on the i don't i don't know that is that is only a bit and then those and that flanging on the drums that was something that's you know um i, I you have to do intentionally obviously skip yeah. wanted to do it or 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 because it takes a little bit of work um, uh, yes, play back. I've I've done it the so-called old-fashioned way. way. Yeah, we well, have to have you have to have two tape play tape, two tape decks running with the identical tape on it, and you put your finger on the on the reel slightly to slow it down. And it, it starts don't that too much because two analog 
motors won't run exactly right the same. yeah basically you just turn them on and they're gonna run at a different speed so yeah um but it's just an, the set of lyrics is probably um the most abstract or odd as well um and it's a long track it's it's uh it's like was it like a nine minutes or it, something it like that? It feels like he's singing this again to someone who maybe he loved or and oh, yeah. sort of written him off. I, I, right? I absolutely feel this record is. Especially, uh, he says he sounds very dismissive. He says, "To be sure, I don't give a damn. Live in peace. Do anything." <laughs> it's like that's not. Yeah, but you don't bother to record a song about it if that's really how you feel. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, between my lips are words that surface through you. I'm just trying to get a message through you, to you, for you. I will buy you, saw you, know you. I do. You plan to do if you, and then. His lies, his lies come just too late, colored white and gold and yellow and red in the timing of the soul that's right. Then we'll look at how my death is spread. Really disturbed and dark and unhappy. Yeah, that's some heavy, heavy shit at the end. Right. Um, Were you getting this all at the, uh, yeah, as a young 12, lad of, of 14, 14 uh, Eric? I mean, and I will say that I always listened back then, since then, I've listened to it a lot and gotten it, but this was probably the one song that I might not listen to. Yeah. This is, and, uh, this is a dark, it's a pretty dark um, little exploration here. And, and, but what, you know, I think what really got me in a positive way about it is as he gets more into it, you know, when you talk about the crazy drums and yeah. the, uh, is is it as it goes kind of done singing it just in various places he just plays with rhythm so uh, in like you know he drifts off a little bit sometimes but he's yeah. just on the, ba- on the bass he's doing a thing and he knows and then all of a sudden he'll just stop doing it yes 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 <laughs> oh and then drums you know do something new and the drums will go oh wait a minute and they just kind of beat her out and then he picks it up again and he starts going it's just it's like how he feels it how he does it it's just like yeah i mean and and it's one guy this is one guy interacting with himself right and that's what just makes it so astonishing the more you kind of look at it as um instead of just this like you know Oh, cult classic or whatever record you look at it more as just like wow right this, this- and I am impressed I will admit Eric uh, totally I thought oh he probably heard about this like when everyone else did later on and and think but I am very impressed that you actually got were, this when you, you were a Moby yeah. Grape fan and you got this when you were well, a if kid. you were yeah that's, that's I mean uh, legit that's about as legit as you can how, get and how did you manage to, how did you, you man- how did you manage to pick up like, how would you go to the store in 1969 at 14? Or well, he, and, he lived and, in California. Yeah, but and pick up Troutmask replica. That's what I mean. You know, to, oh, that. Like, who were you with that, oh, that, that, that was willing to pay for that? <laughs> well, I mean, I think my parents probably gave me the money. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, and also, you got to remember, even though, of course, money was worth a bit more then. It was. But it, it, you know. Records, I mean, was it four four dollars or five dollars a double record, something like that? Yeah, because I was gonna say I used to get all my records for like 
two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. When I when I was really buying records, and, you know, I remember one day, uh, you know, sort of a a red letter day for me too about influences, but I was you know hanging out with my friend uh, at his house and his he had an older sister. She was I mean I was probably. Yeah, I was 12. Yeah. And, and she was a bonafide music fan. Mm-hmm. But it, I realize now a smart one. And I used to kind of go in her room probably because I wanted to hang out with her. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she would be playing music all the time. And then all of a sudden she said, hey, you know, because I had my bike there. That's how I went up sure, to her house. Sure, yeah. And, and she said, would you go down to the record store? Because I heard this song. Mm-hmm. And I want to get that record. And I said, sure. And she said, yeah, it's the song is Dear Mr. Fantasy. Oh, traffic. Oh, and, yeah. And that well, and the band is Spirit. Oh, oh, she sent you. She got crossed wires. Yes. So I went down and bought the Spirit album that was just <laughs> come out. And brought it back, and the two of us sat there and listened to it all the way through. Mm. And I thought, you know, that's another one of my uh, deep, happy places, is spirit of that yeah. era. Yeah. And, and uh, we, you know, and she said, that's a great record, but it's not the one I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I remember... And so she gave me two ninety nine again, and I rode my bike down. Go back again. You gotta go back. Bye. Nice. Well, so things on one, we do for one, women. <laughs> yeah, and then for one day, I mean, on one day, I heard two seminal albums. Right. right. Was it Twelve you know? Dreams of Doctor Sardonicus? Was it that? I mean, that was the. Oh, no, it was earlier. It was actually the one Clear was, or uh, Spirit or Spirit, the first one. No, the family. The family plays uh, together. No, you know what? It was the first one. It was. Spirit, the yeah. one that starts with fresh. They're garbage. great, and they're sort of they're sort of lost too. They kind of they were a couple of years too early or something because I listen to Spirit Records and I go, why why isn't this like why don't more people know about this or talk about this because it's there's really some amazing stuff on there, um, and they just kind of you know people know Nature's Way or whatever. And they know that Led Zeppelin stole Stairway to Heaven. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's it. See, they were like a pile driver. Pile driver. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully more people will know about uh, Skip Spence and um, it'll be great after this episode. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Eric, for being on the show and yeah, bringing this and, record. And your, and your uh, anecdotes that we wouldn't be able to hear anywhere else. Yeah, sure. no, that's great. <laughs> you ever write a book? You ever, you ever think yeah, of writing a book? Yeah, that's exactly your, uh... what I was th- thinking was... Oh, uh, you know, people have always said it. Uh, Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, uh, that record got me high. We'll, uh, uh, we'll serialize uh, it for you. you. We'll serialize uh, we'll, it for we'll you. We'll bankroll you. Can, you. Yeah, you can. Uh, speaking <laughs> of that. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, uh, seriously, you were a great guest. Thanks so much. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you on again sometime, Mr. Eric Trufelman. Uh, do you have anything you want to uh, promote now? Anything? I mean, nothing's going on now, right? Yeah, what do you got going? Nothing. He's going to well, be. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know if you know that I'm involved in this now, but I did produce a record earlier this year that I'm quite proud of. Okay. And it's it's called uh, it's called Metal Meat and Bone uh, by the Residents. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh. I didn't. I guess I'm not familiar with that. There's 
And this was done before one of the, the prime mover passed away, as I as I recall. Well, correct? one of the yeah, he you know basically there were two guys. No, we did this after, but they've got this record, and when you talk about all this, you know, there's a there's a whole story. I mean, about the music, you know, it's it's basically they discovered a uh, long lost blues man's music. Oh right, and, right, right. <laughs> I was and they really loved it. That. So they, you know, they released his music, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, it's by this other guy. We both, we all know, it's actually them. Yes, and, of course. Uh, and then, and then they did a record of their versions of, of his... those songs. Oh, which are all covers of <laughs> the songs that they wrote as the Blues Man. Yes. No, it is the Blues Man song. Yeah, well, sure, of course. Is this out already? So this is out already? People can get this? Yeah. All right, so where, yeah. where's the best place for people to find that? Uh, hell if I know. He yeah, has I know no, Eric has no idea. <laughs> he he well, just produced well, it. We I can trust him. What's it called again? What's it called again? Uh, Metal Meat and Bone. Metal, Metal Meat I know and the Bone. Cherry Red. On Cherry Red. I know the Cherry Red uh, and MV, MVD okay. in this country. But uh, right. yeah, I mean, I, I, you go online. I don't know how yeah. else. Well, well, maybe, no it's on, maybe it's on maybe it's on Bandcamp. And also, Eric, I imagine yeah. once we're allowed to play live again, you'll be on tour with Fear. I'm sure. <laughs> You're right. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> downstrokes, I'm downstrokes only. Downstrokes only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for being a guest. Don't forget uh, next week. Oh, I was actually. I'm, I'm just going to waste some more of our listeners' time. Uh, last night we watched um, my son Henry, who's 20 came in and goes hey have you guys ever heard of um this woman named bjork and we were like yeah we know who bjork is and he goes have you ever seen the video for this song army of me and i was like oh yeah i I probably hadn't seen it in 20 years and so we put on the video for army of me and it's it's a remarkable incredible video but i go this is like a residence video and then i put on i played him one of those resonance videos that just sort of disturbs you down to your your toes and he was like yeah i can see where there's those two things are there's a relationship there between those two things what i really play for people if i really want to scare people is uh ronaldo and the loaf um songs for swinging larva have you ever that's so good <laughs> i i just you know what i just uh i just did a remix for them really they're doing stuff again. It sounds great. Oh, nice. Know, but, <laughs> I want. I think they like stopped for a few decades to like have kids and stuff. Right. Well, once you see this video, if you see songs for swinging larva, you're going to worry about their children. <laughs> <laughs> I worry about everyone's children. These oh days. no, oh, I'm yeah. serious. Like oh, okay. And speaking of children, although he's not that as young anymore, but he's still teetering on thirty. Are you guys aware of a? I don't know what to call him other than a musician producer. Uh, is, he goes by the name of Shlomo. Shlomo. No. no. <laughs> Living in and, South Florida, we got a lot of Shlomos that are not producers or musicians. Yeah. In there. yeah. <laughs> yeah my great grandfather was a Shlomo. But, uh, <laughs> but um, in fact, I was pissed at this kid because he happens to be the son of some of my dearest friends. But. Because when he heard he did that, I was because I've always wanted to do a project under that name. Oh, ah. really? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
Is it good though? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he's just, you know, like he used to be kind of a beat maker, but he just plays interesting, instru- lots of different instruments and does these really atmospheric things. <laughs> and it's and it's uh, there's an, he's got a new one out. You both are have an assignment to okay to listen to a song called I think it's called Heaven. Okay. And nice it's by him. All right. And the the video is like, you know, it's on it's on the tube. We'll watch it. T- this is you can plan on it being watched in about fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah we'll watch it. <laughs> as as All right. Well, thanks, yeah. Gary. Right. Uh, yeah, man. That, 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 was fan, that was fantastic. Next week we have Jonathan Siegel from, from uh, Camper Van Beethoven talking about um, oh, yes. game theory, a Lolita, Lolita Nation. Nation. That's next week. And that also, is if Jonathan can get a good. Uh, Internet signal wherever yeah, he is. He? He's, he's in, in Switzerland. Like Switzerland. Yeah. What the hell? Well, he's got to drive. He him, actually man. has to drive into town. Good to get for a him. Good God bless him. And I wish we should all be in Switzerland now. <laughs> no um, shit. All right. Uh, our special patron-only curated episode might be out already. I think it might be out when this is aired. Yeah, I hope but so. Who yeah. knows? But uh, be, become a patron yourself, and you can get in on the uh, fun stuff like that. Go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh. Become a patron of the show. Eric, thank you so much again. Yeah, man. It was great talking to you. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk. See you guys next week. We are That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. We're out. See you next week.